Good evening, everyone. Welcome to The Kickers Show. I'm your show's host, Jerry Jordan, and this is the official podcast of Kicking the Tires. We've got Justin Schuler out in California making sure everything goes smoothly, which usually doesn't when I'm involved, and Seth Eggert in the motherland of NASCAR, uh, just a little bit north of Concord, North Carolina, in Mooresville. And also, we got Mike D of Mike D's Barbecue Sauce right here, right here. Mike. Tell us, thank you. First off, I want to say thank you so much. I love it. It's great. It tastes good. I had it on the show last week as we were talking about, and uh, I think I kind of made the other guys mad, but how did you come up with, th- and, and first and foremost, thank you for being a sponsor. Thank you for supporting Kicking the Tires. No, no problem. Thanks for having me. Uh, I, I enjoy all things NASCAR, so when, when Sarah reached out to me about the opportunity, I was gonna, you know, I'm not going to say no. We are glad to have you on board, and we will we'll do anything that we in our power to uh, to help you move your product. Because I'm telling you, it's good. I'm from Texas. I know barbecue, and uh, and I've used it three times now in the past week uh, for for the for the barbecue that I have uh, the, that I have cooked ribs and brisket both, and it was on it was great on on both of those. Oh, great, great. So tell us a little bit about your involvement. How did you come up with Mike Knee's Barbecue? And, and how did you get involved in NASCAR? And, and uh, I mean, just give us your background here. Yeah, definitely. So uh, I've been a barbecue junkie for a while because I grew up in a place where it was a hotbed of barbecue. So I grew up in Richmond, Virginia, where when I was growing up, there was not good barbecue there. So <clears throat> what people would do is they would and we so often would drive down to Roanoke Rapids, North Carolina, and go to a place called Ralph's Barbecue. And that's when uh, I kind of fell in love with barbecue. Uh, and, you know, wanted to be around it ever since. And so uh, once I moved to North Carolina officially, I started, you know, tinkering around with making sauces because, you know, I wasn't finding what I was looking for in the store. So I just started to make my own. Uh, never planned to have a business with it. It was really just for, I throw big smoke fest at my house. And I just really for that. People kept saying, yeah, you should sell this. You should sell this. I'm like, yo, this is the South. Everybody's got a sauce. There's like, it's everywhere. So like, I'm, I'm not a businessman. So I wasn't going to, um, but, you know, some things happened. Like, you know, we won, uh, we placed like an amateur sauce competition. And, uh, and I thought something might be onto that. And then we had some of the life experiences that, you know, really kind of inspired me to start the business, uh, you know, a lot also, my son kind of was a real kicker to me to do this and chase my dreams. And so that's when I just started to, you know, take these recipes I had been tinkering with and tried to do something with it and uh, jumped out there and started making some sauce and started selling it and started growing. We've been growing steadily ever since. You know, we started selling like the chunk of my car. And then, um, you know, now we've got, you know, we'll celebrate eight years in December. Uh, we've got Customers in all 50 states, 12 countries, retail partners in 26 states. And so we just, you know, just keep growing. So, um, you know, there's, there's something to it. You know, we've won a bunch of awards. All of our products have finished top three in the world, a uh, couple of first place in the world. And so, uh, yeah, that just, that's, that's, that's our barbecue story. Um, we got involved in NASCAR. Really, I, I was never into the sport when I was growing up. It just wasn't. And it was mainly because, you know, there was, I never really came across people who looked like me who cared about NASCAR. I grew up in Richmond, not that far from, from the track, and never went to a race, like never went around there uh, when it was race time. Uh, but in 2016, uh, somebody from Ryan Seed Racing reached out to me. on uh, They had found on Instagram and was like, hey, you know, we're, like work, we're a small family-owned team. We like working with small businesses. Would you be interested in the sponsorship? And I was like, what, what? Uh, but sure. so I said, you know, why not? Let's go for it. And we started out doing like a small real quarter panel with them. And then over the years we grew uh, to the point we did a couple of um, full car sponsorships uh, for a couple of races over the last few years. Last time was in 2019 at, at Darlington. Uh, and I've been, since I started going to races with them, I've been kind of like hooked to the sport. But now I like, I watch it when it's on TV. I watch the trucks, I watch the Xfinity series, I watch the Cup series, I just, I watch all of it now. Uh, it was something about watching my first re- race from Pit Road, sitting behind the crew chief that kind of like made me understand like this is not just sitting around watching cars driving circles. Uh, and it was just, I've been hooked ever since. How did you, how did it feel, because I know this feeling, 
when you saw your logo on the hood of a race car? Like, it was <laughs> it was pretty crazy. Like, I still was like, you know, people were with me and they're like, yo, Mike, that's your car, that's your logo on that car. Uh, and so it was, it was a pretty incredible feeling. We did that this year at Nashville with uh, with Brandon Brown and uh, Brandon Built Motorsports. And uh, man, those guys have been great. And, and I was happy to just have the Kick in the Tires logo on the on the hood because it was our 20th year. We've been in the sport for 20 years, and uh, uh, you know we've never done that. So I know that feeling that you that you felt when you were uh, sitting up there and seeing the car go around. I want to talk a little bit about your sauce because it's not when you think of North Carolina. You're from the Raleigh area. Um, you think of the vinegary sauce. Texas has a more thick tomato sauce. This is somewhere different. This is not your typical North Carolina sauce. It's not a. It's not a Virginia sauce. It, you've come up with something really unique that I've I've tried barbecue all, literally all over the world. So uh, that's uh your your recipe is spot on for 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 definitely getting in there, getting a niche of a different type of barbecue sauce. Yeah, so really what it is, it's a, a hybrid sauce. So it has like a hybrid base between vinegar and tomato. So essentially it's got an even base. So that way it's not too thin like a pure vinegar sauce. It's not as thick as a tomato sauce, uh, base sauce. And it kind of gives you the best of both worlds, right? Because you need the vinegar because vinegar, the vinegar helps to tenderize the meat, uh, which is why it's used so much in North Carolina when we do like whole hogs and stuff because it really helps to break down and tenderize that meat. But, you know, the... Tomato adds some great flavor elements as well. And so, you know, why not do both of them? And so it's crazy when we're out selling them in North Carolina and everyone's like, well, this ain't a vinegar sauce. And I'm like, well, you should try it, you know, because you still get your vinegar bite in there. Uh, and, and, you know, people love it. So they're in, you know, in North Carolina, there is there's really three sauces here. So the eastern part of the state is really mostly vinegar. You got the western part of the state, which is influenced by Tennessee and other places where it's, you know, the tomato base. And then there's a small area around Lexington that does a hybrid similar to mine. Uh, they call it the Lexington South Sauce, where they, they have somewhat of a hybrid, but uh, it's not exactly the same as mine, but it's, it's in the same, same concept of trying to combine vinegar and tomato. So uh, we're trying to like, you know, I think barbecue brings people together. So why not bring the sauce together and make everybody, you know, give them the best of both worlds. Well, I'm definitely loving it here. Uh, Justin, it says, Seth, you said you, uh, have ordered some, so yeah. uh, I know what you're going to get. Uh, <laughs> I, we'll have to send some out to uh, Justin out in California. But uh, what was yeah. when you were going through the website? The website's pretty easy to navigate, and, yeah. and it's not just barbecue sauce, too. Yeah, there was uh, some tailgating packs. There were uh, a few other uh, things out. But granted, I, I don't do tailgating. We barbecue every now and then. So I was like, you know. After a watching you uh, have it on the show, but also B, I'm not a fan of just the vinegar sauce. I'm more of a fan of the thicker tomato base. And looking at what you were eating, I was like, you know that that looks like the kind that I usually have. But let me try it. So I went and ordered some Monday. I uh, used the code KTT to get 25 percent off. Yay! Uh, hint, hint. Uh, anyone watching? ATT is the code. Yeah. Yep. And I ordered two two packs. Uh, Dad can have the spicy sauce. Uh, my sister and I will have the big sauce. But um, spicy yeah. sauce isn't that. It's not that hot. It's not like it's overburdensome of, of, of pepper. Yeah, but I'm just not a big fan of spice, and my sister can't handle any spice. So <laughs> there's that. But uh, Dad, uh, he'll get spicy food and then add hot sauce to it because it's still not spicy enough so yeah justin uh what about you 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 gonna try the spicy or the or the big sauce which uh you're kind of a spicy guy i was gonna say is it too much to ask for both because i definitely <laughs> want to try both i i'm well, not usually well, a fan of spicy stuff like kind of like what seth was saying because most of the time like People just go for spice, but what you've told me is like Mike D's still has a ton of great flavor uh, to go along with that spice. So I'm really, really well, looking forward to trying out both. Well, what I ordered is it's a two pack. It's one Big D sauce, one spicy sauce. I ordered two oh, of okay. those two packs. So we'll, uh, I'll, uh, I've got, and I've got plenty here too. We'll, uh, I'll see you in a, in a couple of months. So we'll definitely get up with you. And are, are you sure it's going to last that long or are you going to have it all by that? <laughs> I, I know, I know the secret code. It, it's a secret. Don't use KTT. 
<laughs> I have a question, um, Mike, because you mentioned, you know, you got involved with NASCAR with uh, Ryan Seek, but looking at an interview you did with uh, Ryan Seek Racing, you mentioned that you are you are a Bubba Wallace fan for the Cup Series. Bubba got his first career win this year at Talladega, rain shortened, so uh, wasn't the full race length, but it still goes in the record books as his first career win. Uh, did you watch that race? And what was your reaction to seeing him get that first win? So I did not watch that race because I was at an event uh, and <clears throat> I didn't have good signals because usually when I'm at events, the race on, I still watch it. Um, but I couldn't, I didn't have good signal at this event, I couldn't watch it. So uh, not checking any like sports updates. I was like, when I get home, and nobody in my house cares about racing. So nobody at home is going to tell me who won. Uh, so when I got home, I made sure that I, you know, you know, tuned in the you know, see how it happened. And, you know, I saw things that he won. You know, I was, I was, I was excited for, for many reasons. You know, it's always good to see your favorite driver win, but then just, you know, what it means for folks to see him get that win. So, no, it was, a, it was, I was excited. Uh, some of my NASCAR friends down in Charlotte, we were texting each other back and forth because uh, we've been waiting for that moment. So it was exciting. So, does this, Go ahead. so does this mean, I was going to say, does this mean you're going to take your family to one of these races one of these years? Cause, you know, Come on, they gotta get to a racetrack because it's so much different than than watching it on TV. Yeah, I think the only person in my family who'd be interested in going is my oldest daughter. Uh, she was kind of mad that I didn't take her with me last year when I went for the uh, to Road America for Fourth of July weekend. <laughs> I didn't take her with me for that weekend, um, but I think she's the only one who would actually come to a race to watch it. Like they um, might like it if they came. That's the thing. I didn't. I'm, I had an opportunity years and years and like years ago, I'm 50, but like when I was a teenager, I had an opportunity to race and I turned it down to be a photographer um, on the school newspaper and at the, and making money for the local high school uh, I mean for the local uh, uh, city newspaper that, uh, in town. So I could have gone and spent money racing for, for a local guy, or I could have made money taking pictures of people doing football and other stuff. So I chose that. And, uh, and I had a girlfriend, and it was like, you know, Friday nights were, were race nights, and Friday nights are date nights, so I chose girls over cars. Um, so, but my mother and my sister, they were huge NASCAR fans growing up, you know, when I, when I was growing up and, and, and everything. So, when about, I guess it was 1999, I was the editor of a newspaper in town, and my sister and mom said, look, you got, you need to cut, start covering NASCAR. So in 2000, uh, I started covering NASCAR and the rest is history, but I didn't know anything about it really when I started covering it. And now I'm at, I'm at what, 30 races a year. So what, if you go, you might actually, they might actually like it. It's fun. You know, I mean, it's the same way for me, right? I went to a race, it was off pit row and now I'm hooked to the sport. So uh, it's very possible. I'm, I try to get them to go. I, when I go to races in Charlotte, I, ask, I try to get them to come. Um, but, you know, my wife's not a big sports person. She's not big about being outside for long periods of time. Uh, and so um, but I keep working on it. My, her sisters, like my sister-in-law, uh, came with me to Darlington. So they live, my in-laws live in a small town just outside of Darlington. She's a big race fan. So okay. Uh, came with me to, to the Darlington. I stayed with them when I went down there. Uh, and it was, that was just a crazy experience because it just so happened that that was the one Xfinity race that, that Dale Jr. was running in 2019. And his car was lined up right next to Ryan's car. So it was, you know, you try to take all your pre-race photos. It was kind of impossible because <laughs> they were swarming because they're trying to get to Dale Jr. who was right, whose car was right next to us. So it was a little bit of a madhouse, but uh, it was, you know, we got some great photos from that, and you know, even just seeing like the Hellman's car right next to the Mike D's barbecue car going on the track. Uh, so it was, it was great. She, she had a great time. She had fun yelling at people to get out of the way so we could take our pictures. No, what you do in that situation is you say all those people, are, you know, y'all, y'all, they're actually here to see the Mike D's car. You know, nobody cares about Hellman's man. Everybody got Hellman's mayonnaise. Ain't nobody but you got Mike D's. You know, you could throw some D's on it. Right. Or, or better, yeah. I was, I was telling people that she was like, "Back up," because like they were, they were like at one point, like his crew had to come over and like push people back just <laughs> to get to his car because there's so many people trying to get over there because Dale was, you know, right behind us. But it was, See, it was pretty funny. 
See, that's when you just offer Junior another sandwich with your Mike D's barbecue and go, hey, so you've tried it with Hellman's. Try it with some Mike D's now and have him try it out and see which one he likes. That's right. Yeah, you needed him to come over and hang out by the car for a minute. You know, that would have been, that would have uh, been great. You know, we were, we were trying, to call, trying to make it happen, but it didn't happen. How has the response been Um for you from a business standpoint, from being involved in NASCAR, how much has it boosted your, 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 you know, efforts and what you're doing? Yeah. So I'll say like, people ask me the question a lot. Um, I tell them like, it's not always instant, right? It's for us, it wasn't instant. You know, the first year we did it, we were just on the, we recorded panel for a couple of races. So it wasn't like a ton of exposure. People didn't really see it a lot. And, you know, Ryan does his cars back then weren't always getting very much TV time. And so it wasn't, uh, where we started to see the most action was on Twitter. Right? Our Twitter followers started to grow significantly um, because of NASCAR fans and people who supported Ryan. And I think it really hit home in terms of starting to see a good return. Uh, action was was in 2020, so it took several years for it to happen. But when when NASCAR shut down in March of 2020, um, and people started to see the impact that was going to have not only on the team, but some of the people who sponsored the teams, particularly ones who uh, small businesses who work with some of the small independent teams, there started to be like a big uptick of people who wanted to order just because we had been involved in NASCAR. So there are people who weren't even Ryan fans who were ordering and putting in the notes, you know, thanks for being part of NASCAR. And so that was when we started to really see an uptick in support. And it was just, you know, people wanted to support the businesses who, who help out their sport and, really see the impact that small companies who can have who work with these small drivers independently on teams to, you know, there's a direct correlation between our sponsorships and them being on the track and fans started to really see that. And so during the pandemic, we had a big uptick in online sales and it was really a lot of it because of the years we had been doing with Ryan and it was really starting to pay off down. I mean, we saw sales throughout all the years that we're doing it, but it really hit home last year as people were just saying, thanks for being part of NASCAR. And that was really cool. And and we've, we've got a, a loyal fan base of people from stuff we've done at track. So we've got some, some customers in Canada that we met at Richmond Raceway. Um, you know, when I was at Road America last year, I was hanging out with some people who are Mighty Barbecue customers. So uh, it was, you know, we've, we've built uh, some, some friends and some loyal customers uh, from the experience. Well, you know, it's hopefully we can uh, help you continue to build that up. I'm, I do a lot of push on social media and so do the rest of these guys with uh, with all of our, our, our social media platforms. So we want to definitely do whatever we can to help you there. It's been cool to see you on the site. And I can see people actually clicking, um, you know, on your on your ad and going uh, at least to your website. So I don't know. I hope they're all buying. But uh, I can definitely see that people are doing that. And that's a that's a good thing, because, you know, like you said, this sport is it's to be as big as it is. It's a it's still a community and 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 they 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 do. They take care of their own. And uh, we've seen that, you know, throughout the years. But, man, I, I I'm thrilled. Anything we can do for you. Do you barbecue at all? Do you, like, do, you do competitions and stuff or? I do barbecue a lot. Uh, if you notice on my Instagram, not lately because it's been kind of a hectic year this year, but uh, my Instagram is full of videos that I do barbecuing and cooking and showing different techniques and also kind of showing the different versatile ways that you can use our sauce because it's not just for grilling. You know, we can use it as a marinade, you can use it in your kitchen, you can use it in all sorts of ways. So we do lots of videos showcasing all that stuff. But I, I do do cook. Like I competitions in a while like I, when I first started the business I did a lot of barbecue competitions but then they started to be closed to the public and I was doing it so I could grow the brand and meet new people uh, and so we kind of stopped doing it just focus on the products and we, we do a lot of product competitions but I really plan on uh, starting to get back into the competition the cooking competitions in 2022 uh, and so hopefully if things go well there's gonna be a lot of more food-related things happening for us next year. So, um, you know, looking forward to getting back at that. Now, do you have shelf space in stores, or is it is it like like in big in in the big outlets, or is it? Uh, I know you're in all in like most all the states that you have retail, or you know where you, people can buy it. But do you have true shelf space in in any of the big box stores? Uh, not at the moment. So we've mainly have focused on like smaller independently owned stores or meat markets because they 
uh, care more about small businesses than some of the big box stores do. Um, and so uh, we've had some experimentation with some of the big box stores, like we were in 10 food lines for a spell. Um, and you know, we've got some things in the works where we'll, we'll get, uh, they'll, you'll start to see us in some more uh, big stores starting in 2022. Uh, I can't drop the names yet, but uh, we've finalized some things and you'll start to see us more across Virginia and North Carolina. Uh, starting next year, and hopefully we'll start to expand it beyond that as well. Well, I've got some friends that own some different uh, grocery uh, wholesaler uh, operations here in Texas, and uh, I intend on uh, uh, on talking to them. But that's okay with you, uh, just to see what spill them out, and then I'll send them your way. Absolutely, that's that's perfect. That's that's many times that's how we get some of we get in, and somebody in that state knows somebody, and they connect them to us, and, and we're on the shelf. Uh, you know, Texas is a state that we earmark; it's the third our third biggest state that we ship products to. So we've got a big growing base of, of Mike D barbecue fans in Texas. And so uh, that'd be, that'd be great because we definitely want to get more space in Texas. And uh, real quick, Jerry, uh, I know you had said that next year's uh, competition at Texas more speedway that you might enter it yourself, Yes, but aren't they all still doing a barbecue contest there again next year? Yes. They're going to do a a barbecue competition at Texas motor speedway during the all-star race. And I was instructed that I had to enter it. So (laughs) I don't have a barbecue rig or I have a, a a smoke, you know, a pellet smoker that I got from, from, uh, uh, from pit boss. And, uh, and those guys, uh, I don't have a full setup rig, but I'm going to take what I've got up there apparently and bring the camper and I'm going to stay in the infield and, and I'm going to, I'm going to throw some D's on it too. Hey, that's right. Definitely do that. You know, if, you need, if you need a team member, I'll come down and be part of, part of the team Jerry to try to get some wins down there. Hey, come on. Uh, well, you're more than welcome to come down to Texas Motor Speedway. I'll, uh, I'll do everything I can to show you a good time and, uh, and we'll be in the infield. Like I said, I was told by the track PR and the track president um, that I had to enter it because I was over there doing all this, you know, social media stuff, photos for him this year. Yeah, definitely do that. I'll, I'll try to make sure I can come down and be part of it. Excellent. Man, I know your time is valuable. you got some stuff you got to do. I don't want to keep you too long if, if, you, if you need to go. And I, I totally understand you needed to, to get out of here after about 20 minutes, but... Anytime you want to come on the show, if we're not, you know, if we can do anything for you, um, if you come up with some ideas, uh, I may shoot you my cell phone and uh, you can always call me and we'll be happy to do that. Give me some ideas on where to use this sauce at because uh, I didn't I didn't think about using that as a marinade. And I think uh, I think it's a, that's a good that's a good plan. Yeah, definitely. So I'll just you know, just remind folks to go to our website, www.mikethesebarbecue.com. You can also click our ads on kickingatires.net um, and you can use code KTT to get 25% off and just been getting a lot of orders uh, this week and I also say because of that we are about at, we're about sold out of things but the good thing is it timed up perfectly for production which is uh, wrapping up and so the next day or so we'll have everything back in stock so then everybody can uh, complete those orders. I got a bunch of emails saying hey when is this going to be back in stock? When is this going to be back in stock? And uh, It'll all be back in stock in the next day or so. Uh, but I'll definitely be in touch. We'll do some giveaways. We'll do some fun stuff together. Uh, but I'm looking forward to continuing the relationship. Absolutely. I didn't embarrass you eating on the show last week, did I? No, I love I love stuff like that. <laughs> and, and note to self, do not post podcast until I place an order for my <laughs> deep Is that too selfish? Say- that's well, not too selfish, is it? Well, one slight <laughs> problem. I already put on Twitter, uh, use code oh, yeah, he's team for 25%. Oh. <laughs> Seth- <laughs> <laughs> well, there you, you go. You know I'm the social media guy. That's right. Us, Seth's our social media guy. He, he inherited that from Sarah. <laughs> and uh, so I think they share those duties. Mike, so much, thank you so much for coming on the show. And uh, thank you so much for being involved in Kicking the Tires. We yes. we love you guys. And and I mean that. I mean, I, I, I seriously, like I said, I've... I've used it three times since I got it, and uh, I, I barbecue every week, so it's uh, it, it's a gopher for me. Well, thank you for having me on. I look forward to coming on again in the future. Thank you. Man, that was fun having Mike on from uh, Mike D's Barbecue Sauce, and uh, you know, everybody, the big secret: if you use the KTT, you know, code word, you get twenty five percent off. So be sure to tell everybody because we know how secrets are kept in NASCAR.
But tell them after I order, please, because I want to make sure I get some. Oh, you'll get oh. some. Don't worry. Uh, yeah, unless you're apparently me. <laughs> but wait, the Twitter. shipping. All the shipping and truckers out here in California are going on strike. So even if I do order, I might not even get it at all. Hey, well, we'll just airmail it to you. I can get you <laughs> some, or, or Amazon drone it. <laughs> I can get you some Mike D's. I got the hookup. Don't worry about it. Awesome. So we'll we'll take care of you, Justin. I mean, I, remember, I've got Mike D's right here. It's not like we're you know I've got extra bottles. So there you go. And then, I don't, uh, I'll I'll spend an did, episode of eating in front of your face on here. <laughs> he did not. Mike did not tell me I had to share this with you guys. Just saying. <laughs> there you go. Well, speaking of sharing, um, I guess we'll start off the show with kind of the biggest news. Uh, Roush is now going to have to share more of his office space with Brad Keselowski as they have announced that they are forming Roush Fenway Keselowski. Uh, going into 2022, Chris Buescher already announced that he's going to stay in the 17 car. Obviously, Brad will be taking over the 66 car. That kind of leaves a coin toss on what's going to happen with Newman. If you were to ask me, I would love to see Newman go into some sort of management role with um, uh, uh, with Roush Fenway Keselowski because he has that background and experience. He's, he has that degree. Um, not saying he can't be competitive because look at these restrictor plate races and, and a couple of these other tracks. He sneaks in a top five, top 10 here and there. And next thing you know, he's battling for a lead again at Talladega or something like that. So, but man, like seeing someone like him and Brad team up together, who that could be quite a powerhouse uh, to come. So that'll be cool. Uh, last time really Brad owned a team was when he had his truck team. Uh, and they were pretty successful back in the day. They, they won a few races throughout the years. And, and uh, Seth, your tweet even mentioned how successful Brad's team has been in the long run, because even though his truck team's no longer around, uh, he's won, his drivers have won the last four championships in the NASCAR Xfinity Series. Uh, and now some of his drivers have become some of the biggest stars in, in the Cup Series. Look at Ryan Blaney and how much he's improved. Uh, and stuff like that. So Keselowski knows how to run a team. Keselowski knows how to do the management role side of things. This is going to be a, a fantastic fit. And this is just another example of, of how we're passing on the torch and we're seeing the next generation come in. We're seeing it with Trackhouse. Uh, obviously, we're seeing it here with uh, Keselowski. Uh, we're seeing it with uh, Hendrick Motorsports and Jeff Gordon starting to take in more roles of, of leadership and ownership and, and flexibility with letting Kyle Larson go out and do a lot of his dirt racing stuff. So this is, this is quite a phase that, that we are seeing across the board, next gen car, all these different ownership changes. This truly is like the, the entire industry and in sport going to a next generation. I'm, I'm glad you cleared it up for me because the, I was thinking that the RFK was like, I thought Robert F. Kennedy was getting involved in NASCAR. I mean, I didn't, I was just sure that that's what that meant when they came up with RFK racing. But, you know, Roush Fenway Kozlowski, it's got a good ring to it. So, uh, and so. remember, remember, Roush is successful. Like, he's been in NASCAR since 1988. He is the only NASCAR Cup Series owner to have five drivers to be in the NASCAR playoffs. Back in the day, they called it the chase, but. There was one year he had all five drivers in the chase. And then there was and, a year that he had none, but and, that happens. <laughs> and on top of that, he'll own, he'll always be only owner to have five drivers That's right. in the playoffs in the same season. That's exactly right. He, there, the, he'll be the only, because we only have four, you can only have four teams now that can compete for a championship. You know, big news on the NASCAR side, big news for Toyota on the NHRA side of things and uh you know we don't just cover nascar here at kicking the tires for those that have you know those that follow us all the time they know that um but this past week toyota announcing their new camry funny car and i looked at i had i've I've known about this for over a week and uh that was fixing to go down man that car looks pretty 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 bad bad to the bone because if you look at it from the side the body styling, it looks almost identical to the production model GR Supra that uh, that they are uh, that they that they have on the showroom floor. Leaving the Camry, 
going to the GR Supra. And, uh, you know, the big new, big announcement earlier this week by the Toyota folks did it out at Pomona Raceway out in California. Um, and from what I could tell from the photos, you know, I guess they rolled up the old Camrys and, and did some photo shoots and stuff. But then they snuck their they snuck their GR Supra bodies out there and 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 did this. It was dark on the track and released the photos the next day. Um, just a really cool production by the Toyota folks. And I, I, I talked to a couple of the, uh, couple of the drivers. I talked to some of the Toyota reps and if you're an NHRA fan, big things coming to NHRA, not just with Toyota, the GR supercar, but Tony Stewart going over to NHRA, uh, having his own team. And we're going to start, uh, doing a little bit more over there. Uh, I used to cover NHRA years and years ago. Um, and then we stepped away from it for a while, but I think we're, uh, I think the popularity is getting back and they are very, very accommodating to have media like us over there telling their story and what better way to continue to grow, uh, kicking the tires than to be able to put stories out there. By the way, our story on the new GR Super Toyota, uh, funny car was out eight minutes before any other media outlet had anything. And I'm talking like NBC Sports, Washington Post, all of those media outlets, ours was out there first. Boom. And, and it was accurate too. Yeah, it was accurate. Yeah, of yeah. course it was. I wrote it. And, and real quick, <laughs> I also do want to uh, congratulate Ron Caps on his second NHRA funny car title. Uh, Ka Caps is also in the Monday Night Racing League, so I want to to at least give him the shout out there and maybe his luck will turn around in Monday night racing sometime soon. Well, maybe we'll yours talk, will. Yeah. We'll talk about that a little later in the show. The other news we had this week, Bob Bondurant, uh, for those who don't know, uh, Bob Bondurant is a legend when it comes to motorsports. Um, drove at Le Mans, one of the top uh, road course racers, ever and uh if you go to kicking the tires right now still in the promo box is the bob bonnerat story at first uh, on his passing uh leaving behind uh, his, his wife pat and his family but he ran the bonnerat driving school and i know y'all seen me with my water bottle it's back over here um but i've been out to the bob bonnerat driving school i drove uh a lot of their cars i did the whole training seminars and bob bonnerat driving school um, when they, when they were doing full time and running, you know, before COVID, they had it going on drivers like Tony Stewart, Kurt Bush went out there. Uh, the younger drivers went out there and also people that just buy like high performance cars. Um, they teach you high performance driving. Um, when I was there the first time we had uh, Chevrolet products and Corvettes and Camaros, and I, I did a I did 160 miles an hour in a uh, in a Corvette, and that was crazy. Uh, but then the next time I went out there, I was in a Dodge Demon, so and doing road course uh, obstacle courses on the uh, on the asphalt huge asphalt parking lot they had, and then they put me in a skid car and a skid car. Is uh, it's when they jack the car up with it's got like training wheels on the car, and and the 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 driver drives the car, but the passenger is the one in charge of the skid the skid part, and you're like turning a corner, and all the next thing you know, you're skidding out of control. And Bob created all of this stuff, you know. That's uh, he 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 was the the genius, and his team out there came up with these ideas to help people and racers when they lose control of the car, how to handle it, how to manipulate it, how to um, how to you know get things under control and keep going straight? So uh, the world will miss Bob Bondurant. He was a uh, he was great for the automotive industry, great for um, great for the racing world. And uh, somebody, if you go to the website, I mean, somebody I really liked. I admired him. I, I I've been out there a couple times, not for the school, just to say hi when we were out there in Phoenix. And he's it's just up the road from Phoenix Raceway uh, at, at Dark Horse Dark Horse Pass, I believe is what it's called. Yeah, our local track does some of the skid plate racing, a, a slight variation of that uh, um, from 
from Bob's whole thing with what you're saying. And it's some of the most entertaining stuff that they do. They take front wheel drive cars, they take the rear tires off and just put little skates underneath them, skid plate racing all around. And like you said, it's, it's a good training mechanism too. A lot of people may not realize that, um, but it's really good to learn car control and how to manage the weight distribution on, on really half the grip. This is, this is even the way he, they had this does was all pneumatic and there was just like, Underneath the car, it's you know, you're driving a Camaro and you're thinking, Oh, I'm gonna go into this turn at 50 miles an hour. And the next thing you know, they hyd- hydraulically lift the the car up with with these wheels that are you know training wheels type things, and you're 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 spinning. You you have the, the goal is to jack with you and think when for you know, they want you to think you're in control because they want to prove to you sometimes you're never in control and you need to figure out how to get out of, out of a bind. And it was a, it was a great learning experience for me. And, and seriously, Bob was right there, you know, uh, for part of the time when I was doing these courses, he was out there, uh, you know, in a, in a, uh, in a Camaro the first time I went out there. So I had a blast. And, not only did we lose uh, Bob Bonder on uh, this past week, but we also lost uh, Delma Coward. I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly. If I'm not, I sincerely apologize. But Delma was a Cup Series and Xfinity Series and ARCA driver in the late 80s, early 90s. Uh, he was nicknamed the Clown Prince of Racing because of essentially his uh, nature, his personality. He didn't have a lot of success. He failed to qualify for 59 cup races. He only made 21 starts. Over in ARCA, he did find a little bit of success, two top tens. But he, the last race he made in the cup series was the 1992 Daytona 500 along with two other races. And... He, he was quoted as saying that he ain't never won a race, though he ain't lost a party. And that was after an accident in the dual races allowed him to finish 13th to advance to the Daytona 500. So I ain't never lost a race, but I ain't never, I haven't, I ain't never won a race, but I ain't never lost a party. I like that motto. Yeah. And it, he was known for driving a green number zero. Uh, it, it it was an iconic car in some senses because the color green isn't seen on track a lot. Because yeah, because that's like a superstitious bad yeah. luck stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And zero isn't seen a lot on track for the same reason. So it, he, he was a fun uh, driver to watch from time to time. Uh, granted, I was much younger uh, in the early 90s. So I didn't know a lot, but I just liked his attitude. Um, he did try to run the 1997 All-Star Race after running the 1997 ARCA Race at Charlotte. Uh, he fired the engine in the garage after having some engine problems, rolled out on track after missing the start, only for NASCAR to black flag him because he wasn't on the grid and didn't go through tech to get on track. So you don't think for a second that he was <laughs> cheating, do you? <laughs> with with his budget, I doubt it. I doubt it. But okay. but two great, you know, representatives of the sport, uh, obviously gone. It, you know, and the, the sad part is. We're gonna we're gonna continue to hear this because yeah. the older generation of racing uh, legends is, you know, the eventual eventually we're gonna, they're gonna leave us and um, you know there's many books that can be written about you know people like uh, like Del McCoward you know so uh, you know you could write one about uh, there's been plenty written about Bob Bondurant uh, but you know he was at Le Mans and he's he was he he just both of those guys are just icons in their own ways of, of motorsports and uh they will be sorely missed seth um go ahead and uh give us an iRacing update real quick and 
Take us through the next-gen testing because I heard it was chaotic out there today, and you will be there uh, at Charlotte Motor Speedway tomorrow. And then I'm going to go have some uh, – I think I have some more barbecue in the other room. Well, let's start off with the FTF racing. Uh, Tyler Gary won not only the kicking tire season finale 200, he won the championship on fuel mileage. Wow. He – the last run went 75 laps, and he started saving immediately, clutching, laying off uh, the whole nine yards. Meanwhile, former Coke Series drivers Kevin King and Blake Reynolds, uh, they didn't start saving fuel until about 20 laps into the run. And Michael Frisch recognized, wait, no one's going to make it. I'm going to go and pit. Well, unfortunately for Frisch, three of, or two of his three competitors did make it. Kevin King ran out with three laps to go while leading. Ouch. Hey, let me just point Ouch. something out to you. Tomorrow morning when I go to my office, if I make it, it will be on fuel mileage. I'm <laughs> just saying. And, well, I will say I don't. I don't want to be like Kevin King, though, because there's, yeah. a, there's yeah. a slight possibility that I will run out at the Shell station that's just about three blocks from my office. <laughs> well, for Tyler Gary, he had enough to cross the line. He didn't have enough to celebrate, although uh, Matthew Zwack and a few of his friends helped push him, and they had to get creative to get him into the newest feature at the updated Phoenix Raceway on iRacing. You can actually drive into Victory Lane. It's the first iRacing track to have that feature. That's cool. Interesting. Uh, granted, you can do that at some of the road courses at Michigan, but this is the first one with an infield victory lane that you can drive into. I wonder, so wonder how many other tracks they'll emulate like that, where they can do that. The one I'm interested to see if they can figure out how to do it is Bristol. That would be, yeah, to, to drive up on top of the building like that. That would be fun. Yeah. But imagine you could take the ramp and just keep <laughs> Just floor it and just launch yourself, <laughs> just like you do at Monza. Or... Yeah, yeah, I was already thinking of doing that in practice. <laughs> um, there you go. It'd be cool to but, see if they introduce like like emotes and stuff like that, like some of these other like uh, video games do, where like you can like unlock emotes on like how your driver celebrates and stuff yeah. like that. Because I know you can make like drive guitars, you can like customize a helmet and your race suit in iRacing. So uh, if they do that, then now that stuff actually, I feel like, finally has a purpose. Yeah, then in uh, Monday Night Racing, Kyle Busch won with a five-wide pass on the inside on a restart. That was wild. I don't know, but I went back and saw that. That was insane. Yeah, and he was able to hold the rest of the field off. I got caught up in the wreck, in two wrecks early. One was my own fault. Uh, my spotter told me to go high, and I'd already gone low, uh, and I had nowhere to go. The second one, my spotter never called out, so I didn't see it coming. And then the third one, Colin my, but, Fern, my Colin buddy, Fern, my buddy wrecked you. Yeah, Colin <laughs> Fern decided to hook me under caution, trying to get payback on Stephen Ellis. Why did he wreck you? I don't think he saw me coming between him and Ellis. Man, Colin, come on! So I ended up twenty seventh on double points night. Oh no! Ooh. Yeah, Stephen. Yeah, stop, stop pissing people off, Steven. <laughs> so, okay. And, and then uh, in the E-NASCAR Contender iRacing Series, Donovan Strauss won at Auto Club Speedway. <laughs> Sorry, Steven. So Steven Ellis writes for hockey, and I was just going to yeah. say, like, what the puck? What the puck, what? Steven? <laughs> this is a PG show. Yeah, like, there's nothing wrong with the word puck. <laughs> but... Uh, Donovan Strauss won the Contender Series at Auto Club Speedway, uh, and this is after he got wrecked out at Phoenix Raceway late, and he finished top 10 at Homestead. At Auto Club, he started 13th and worked his way up into the top five, took the lead uh, with about 16, about 59 laps to go, and after green flag pit stops, he just drove away. Uh, the Space Station Racing Driver, and Bobby Dale Earnhardt Legacy Esports Driver. 
Yeah, that is a mouthful, but yes, that's Earnhardt as in, I believe it's Dale Jr.'s nephew. Bob Dale? Yep. Who, he owns uh, his own iRacing team, uh, Legacy Esports, and I believe they're also associated with the Reaper Speed Lab. Okay, so uh, what does it cost to own your own team? Well, for back end teams, I mean, you can kind of. Well, this is. A I mean, don't we kind of don't we kind of own kicking the tires team? I mean, you're yeah, you're kicking the tires racing. Yeah, well, on the back end of the site, as they call it, uh, you can create your own team. It doesn't cost anything, uh, but to run as kicking the tires dot net, it or as kicking the tires racing, yeah, that would probably cost money. Okay, how much? I don't know. Well, isn't that your job to find out? I will try to find out. Because <laughs> then they would have to say kicking the tires when they're talking. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, and maybe you could make the Coca-Cola series. Maybe. Uh, it's something I'm looking into. It, I have to at least get a webcam and a better monitor. I will say that because the one twenty-seven inch monitor that I have, uh, I have to uh, apologize to Stefan Wilson. Um, I did not see you coming on my inside because with my monitor, I, I don't have the field of view that other drivers have. Well, I have a curved monitor, uh, an MSI. Uh, maybe we can hook you up with something and I can definitely hook you up with a webcam because I got plenty. Yeah, I got, I got multiple. So I'll make sure that I get you a webcam. And because uh, I've got I've got extras of of, uh, of some Logitech webcams, so uh, but maybe that'll help you out. Uh, we'll see about you know help get you a, a nicer setup. Do you need my rig? Do you do you <laughs> because I'm obviously you know I use it for the show, um, but I don't I race that much anymore. I, I think we'll try to get you back on I racing at least a little bit here and there. Do they have a we really suck league? That's what we need. I need a league that says that the we really suck league. What cool. happened to the second half or, back the, half the, or whatever? the lower yeah. half dash uh, yeah. round two or whatever? Yeah, whatever happened to that series? That was a lot of fun to do. Uh, I, I, I guess do that. I guess we'll have to see. Well, you know what? One of the co-founders of that league is going to be, be on, on the, the show, show next week. That's right. Yeah, Ryan, two weeks. Ryan Ellis is going to be on. The, yeah, two weeks. Ryan Ellis will be on the show in two weeks, and we will ask him about that. And uh, I will be in two weeks in Nashville on the burnouts on Broadway doing the show live from there. So y'all are going to have to bear with it because it's going to be chaotic and uh, and probably really, really loud. And speaking of chaos, there were some at the NASCAR Next Gen Test. No. Or Speedway. Uh, oh. Yeah, 10 minutes into the test, uh, Austin Dillon uh, crashed his number three Bass <laughs> Pro Shops car. RCR that- took it back to Welcome, North Carolina. They replaced the left front quarter panel, the tail, the front fascia, the hood, the splitter, the front clip, the engine, and the front suspension, and made it back to the track for testing with an hour left in testing today. I'm surprised they didn't have to replace like the A-frame or anything like that. Like, unless that's like the suspension, that part of that. But if they didn't have to replace that, that's quite a shock. It, well, everything bolts not. on now. It's all yeah. bolted together. It's all. It's a. It, the whole front area bolts onto the actual greenhouse of the uh, uh, of, of the car. And, and I right. th- I want to know. I want to know if NASCAR paid them to go out there and nose it into the wall. Because then they can show that the car is a safe and B, it can be quickly repla- repaired. Well, and then the there, other part too, because because like you said, Jerry, that was a hard hit. I don't know, like if anybody's seen it, but it was so hard that the number on the side of the car moved forward. Did you see that? <laughs> That's insane. Yeah, uh, Seth is rolling his eyes. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I will say this though. I will say this though. It is a testament a to the safety of the car and b how quickly the car can get repaired and turned back around. I'm telling you, it would not, I would not put it past NASCAR to, to, to have been behind. No, they're not, not going to wreck anything on purpose. There, there but, were a couple uh, of drivers that were saying that uh, there was a little bit of fluid still on track. 
from yeah, something. But, but I'm thinking that, you know, this is this has got to be a feather in NASCAR's cap to all the haters on social media saying, oh, my God, the car's unsafe and it can't be fixed and, and it's blah, blah, blah. And to the other critics that say the car was slow, it only did 173 uh, miles per hour with Ryan Blaine. That was the fastest time today. They are going to lower the spoiler tomorrow by an inch, which they're estimating will add about 30 horsepower for one. For another, don't complain about the speed of the car. Kyle Busch hasn't won in it and, uh, and said that the car sucked yet. That's right. <laughs> That's true. That is very true. Uh, here's a question for us. If the car can be replaced like that, that efficiently and that quickly, do you think NASCAR starts to consider dropping the damage clock? It still took eight and a half hours for it to fix or be replaced. I I would think, if anything, maybe they adjust it in the Cup Series. Well, that's what I'm saying, is like, now do they drop the clock altogether and say, you're only allowed to replace these components, whichever is on the list, or if they want to allow all of it, except for the engine, obviously, but you're allowed to replace any components on the car with one replacement part, and then you're allowed to go back on track. I don't know. That's interesting. It's an interesting uh, idea. And the other thing, which I've been having this conversation over the past week or so with various people, the next-gen car is essentially a new era in NASCAR. Uh, The current era that we talk about is the modern era, which was from 1972. Most say until present. I actually put up a poll out of curiosity to see what some fans thought. If the modern era is still going on, or if it ended with the playoffs, the introduction of the car tomorrow, or if it's going to end with the next-gen car. Most say that it's going to end with the next-gen car with 48% of vote. I think that's a a fair assessment. Um, But, you know... I think fans need to give it a shot. You know, I've been sparring with a couple people online and I probably shouldn't have, you know, done that. But uh, me and this guy named Darren Darren Jones, apparently Darren Jones used to work for Roush, uh, but apparently he doesn't work there anymore. But he's supposedly an expert in building cars. Maybe he is. And I'm not calling him out. But if he worked at Roush and he built cars, great. He doesn't do it now. And until you're working on these cars now, and I'm talking to people that are working in the shops now, and they're telling me that these cars are safe, and they're telling me that these cars will will do what we need to do to get better racing on the track. I'm going to believe them. Next year, if the racing sucks, then I'll say, okay, people like Darren Jones, who used to work at Roush, maybe they're on to something. But don't, you know, poo-poo the damn car because you're – upset that nascar changing things the car looks good the car is, is safe uh i think it's going to put on good racing everybody i've talked to says it's going to put on race good racing and the fact that austin Dillon knows it into the wall and all jokes aside on the on the number and all that stuff you know moving and, and you know he was okay that's the whole goal of yep. this and i don't care who you are 178 miles an hour versus 185 miles an hour, you're not going to know the difference from the grandstands, okay? I've done 160 in those in those cars with those drivers, and, and I've, I've maxed out a, a, a Corvette at the Bonnerot Driving School. Um, so trust me, it's, it's plenty fast. And it, I watched the F1 race this weekend. And yeah, they made there was a good pass, and I have to give Lewis Hamilton credit. But most of the time, that's just to follow the leader. And people get all goo goo eyed over over F one. We have much better racing in NASCAR, in my opinion, even with the cars we have now. So I'm very excited about the future uh, of the sport and the new cars coming along. And we've had much safer racing the past twenty years. That's that's not a jab at IndyCar or any of the open wheel stuff, but. We've had safety in mind for a long time, and I think there were a couple things that caught up to us that made us start thinking that way, i.e. Petty and Earnhardt. But, you know, the same thing kind of happened in IndyCar and and Formula One before they finally introduced the Halo. And look, now that they've introduced the Halo, boom, like 
exponentially safer uh, to race those things. So, well, I mean, look at the, uh, you know, Lewis Hamilton was uh, a tire would have hit him square in the freaking helmet. And then you had the, uh, uh, who was it? Roman 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 Groshan. He went through the guardrail. There was really nothing left of the car. It was on fire. He gets up, walks away. Yeah, it just yeah, burns to his hand. Was, that yeah. was, I was speechless. I was like, I think we just saw someone die. Because <laughs> had that halo not been there, it, yeah. Um, of course, but that's why, that's why we, you know, you know what? Going slower for safety's purposes, I, I'm not all about doing two, three hundred. You know who does 200 miles an hour or 300 miles an hour? NHRA guys. <laughs> And and you know and even then they cut the drag strip down from a quarter mile to a little bit shorter for those very reasons because those guys I mean <laughs> those top fuel guys if you cut them at this quarter mile with this technology I wouldn't be surprised seeing them hit four or five hundred miles an hour in the next few years. So well, Steve Torrance told me he's going three hundred miles an hour, three hundred thirty miles an hour, and uh, it's like wow, I can't even imagine. So. Uh, we don't need to go that fast. Unless you're uh, evil Knievel. <laughs> he, did, he didn't need to go that fast either. But, uh, <laughs> I was going to say, the only other incidents that happened today, uh, Hamlin spun and William Byron spun, and I think Cody Ware spun, which they didn't hit anything. But it also goes to uh, reinforce what we were talking about a few weeks ago, uh, drivers not knowing where the limit is on this new 18-inch tire with a shorter sidewall because it's a lot like, as Dale Jr. said at Bowman Gray Stadium, it is a lot like the transition from the bi-supply tire to the radial tire. Yep, and that's exactly what I was explaining, too, with those thinner walls on the tires, that you you find that line and it's much narrower and you try to push it, you're already over the edge and it's folding over. So um, did they do any... Uh, uh, test with like the pit stops and whatnot, or uh, they are going to do live pit stop uh, practice uh, from four to five tomorrow. Okay, uh, that's what and, I'm curious about with that lug nut and, and time with and they, changing tires and fuel. They also moved up the start of the test from nine a.m. to eight a.m. Well, you got to get up early in the morning. Yep. So, and just for the record, for those that don't know, back in uh, I think yeah, two thousand and eight, after a tragic death. NHRA uh, reduced the track length by 320 feet um, yep. to 1,000 feet for the top fuel cars. Yep. Um, and, and when I talked to C. Torrance on Monday, um, he said that they, they're trying to go straight, but you can't hold the steering wheel straight because they're going so fast, and yep. they're just trying to keep it going in a straight line. And, but there's all kinds of movement in there. So, uh, so yeah, uh, Justin, you were, you were definitely right. I want to get those numbers for people that are thinking, that's a drag race, it's a quarter mile. No, in, not, they did not change with it. all not, divisions anymore. Yeah. I, think, I think most of the divisions are still quarter mile, but it, I definitely top fuel was shortened. I think one other, I think the motorcycles were uh, 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 shortened. I think those are the two main divisions. But, yeah, uh, for that very reason. And like you said, Jerry, all the movement, all the shaking, the, I mean, that – all that horsepower just rattling in that chassis, but <laughs> that's not to think uh, of your eyes going straight to the back of your head when you go. <laughs> oh, oh, I can tell you this. Uh, I, I found this out from Kelly Crandall, who's done a lot of NHRA coverage this year, and she said that she was interviewing some of the motorcycle uh, racers. They will not start the motorcycle sitting on it or leaning across the, the engine because if the, the engines are so powerful on those motorcycles that if the piston comes through, it's like they wear bulletproof vests when they're on their bikes because they're, they're that powerful. And if an engine blows, it's a bad deal. So uh, I can't imagine, I can't imagine going in a, in a funny car. I can't imagine going into the top fuel, but you won't ever see my big butt on a motorcycle going down an NHRA track. So uh, I, I can promise you that no two seater, no nothing ain't happening. But uh, back to the uh, back to the next gen test tomorrow, Seth. What do you think we will see uh, before we wrap it up here? What are you hoping to see come out of that test? Well, I know NASCAR is not planning on doing any mock races, but I know some of the teams 
have been talking with each other based on uh, some of the conversations I've had with people at the track about doing a mock-like race. That being said, I'm not entirely sure if that's going to be or whatever that mock race ends up being. It's going to be what we see next year. And the main reason why is uh, a few years ago, Jeff Gluck and a few others were at the Vegas uh, test for the 550 package when they were doing mock tests and mock races. And the racing we've had was nothing like those tests. So I'm trying to limit my expectations to a degree uh, because, granted, there's not a big uh, spot place or rule book area that they can play with with the next gen car, but each team still has their own setups, and engines are still the older engines. So Chevrolet and Hendrick clearly have been the front of the pack with the engines lately. So, if anything, I expect the Chevrolets and maybe some of the Fords to be some of the fastest. But I'm not entirely sure what we're going to see is going to correlate to much, if anything, for next year just yet. Well, I think it's going to be very interesting uh, to see what happens, especially if those teams all get together. Uh, we might see them wad up about five or six cars all at one time. That would not be good for NASCAR's tests. So uh, I will be staying tuned. Be sure to uh, text me and let me know what's going on if I, uh, if, if, because I'll, I've got a few things I got to get done yeah. at the office tomorrow. It, but it will be streamed on YouTube. Okay. I'll, uh, I'll try to watch it on the, on the uh, extra computer in my yeah. office. Uh, Justin, what's your, uh, What's your outlook? What you got going on? Yeah, uh, I I might be going up to Tulare uh, for another Supercross Futures qualifier. I was at one a couple weeks uh, weekends ago. That was a lot of fun. Uh, worked one kart race this past weekend. Then obviously got Thanksgiving off. Uh, the week, the first weekend of December, I am also kind of tossing it up in the air. But we have Super Nats out in Vegas at Las Vegas Motor Speedway. They usually have it at the Gold Lot. Uh, right by the Rio, but they uh, were able to get it all squared away because I guess the Rio had another event uh, there already. So they are um, they are going to have it over at the Speedway, uh, which the Speedway has lots of uh, Vegas Speedway has lots of other additional tracks and stuff like that. So they have a go kart track that they're going to be using for the Super Nats. And for those who don't know, that's basically like World Karting's All Star Race. So there are hundreds of people that come to this event. Um, there's like 30, 40, 50 people in each class, each division. Um, it is massive. Um, I think last time I went a few years ago, there were probably people from about 30, 40 different countries that came out uh, to race this uh, to race this thing. And, and if you if you can finish in uh, a Super Nats race, that's that's an achievement in and of itself because people are just going all at it. But uh, if you win it, that is definitely something for for your resume. So that's pretty much my my thing. I, I work one more race in like mid-December. And then after that, I think I have the rest of December off. And then starting in January, it's it's all Supercross and uh, getting ready to pack up and move out of state. So again, hopefully we can break that. I can share that news here soon. But uh, uh, it's going to be something big coming up for, for my side. Well, excellent. Tell uh, tell your wife, uh, Rachel, to bring her camera to the Supernats, take some photos. I'll give her my login for my Pickfair account. She can refer people there and I'll split all the money with her uh, for any of the photos that she sells, because I know those go-kart people are crazy for photos. And uh, I already have a I already have a, a site set up where she can uh, she can sell them for whatever she wants. And I'll just send her the money. But I'll have, uh, to, I'll have to see what their requirements are for media credentials, because I know uh I know Supercarts Scusa, they get um they get a little uh I don't know. They're they're weird with media credentials sometimes. So we'll see. Well let me let me know if you need me to write a letter because I can uh, I can definitely make that happen and uh, be happy to uh to to try. That's gonna do it here. We're gonna be off next week for Thanksgiving. Everyone uh spend some time with your family and friends and uh wish everybody well. I want to send my thoughts and prayers out to Steve Richards. Uh, with Performance Racing Network, Steve uh, yes, got uh, COVID um, out in Phoenix. Several people have COVID uh, that they, they caught it either going out there or while they were out there. And Steve is in ICU 
and uh, in in Concord, North Carolina, at Atrium Health, he is uh, was the last I heard he was doing well, uh, getting better. He was uh, needed about another probably ten days in the hospital, which is kind of crazy, but he was really really bad off. His oxygen levels got low, uh, but we wish him all the best, and uh, hopefully he can stay off of a ventilator. Uh, I'll update my Twitter account if I hear anything uh, for you guys that, that know Steve. Definitely uh, send him uh, your your thoughts and prayers uh, on Facebook or send them to me and I'll forward them to him. That's going to do it here for us. Seth, have fun tomorrow out at Charlotte Motor Speedway. Keep me updated on what's going on. Justin, you live in a crazy state, brother. So, uh, you know, I don't know how you do it, but that's going to do it for us here at Kicking the Tires on the Kicking Show. We will see you in two weeks from Nashville for me.